What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It's me, your boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Matt and Adam. Boys, how are we doing? Guys, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you Maybe guys. Thank- I'm thankful for a lot. Because next week's Thanksgiving, so I'm celebrating early. I'm just thankful. It's I'm good. Thankful. It's good to be thankful. It is good to be that way, uh, Matt. Um, yeah, I was gonna say maybe a little bit early on the thankful call, but uh, you know, if you're if, if anybody's having friendsgivings and stuff, that usually happens this week. So, um, you know, same basic principle. Um, boy, oh boy, we had some hockey action in the last week here. Plenty to talk about. One of the biggest ones, one of the major questions that we've been discussing the last two weeks about a specific team in Alberta, uh, they've done something. Is it the right thing? I don't think so, but they've done something, and we'll talk about that. We got Hockey Hall of Fame stuff to talk about. We have plenty to get into, so let's get into it, shall we? We're going to start off with the Hockey Hall of Fame. The class of 2023 was inducted this last weekend, Uh, a very goalie-heavy class this year uh that class being tom barrasso caroline Ulette, pierre lacroix henrik lungfist ken hitchcock former flyers coach ao pierre turgeon and mike vernon um that's quite the class uh quite the class there i do i do love the goalie heavy uh hall of fame classes those are usually my favorite ones uh i really feel like this hall of fame class was kind of uh it really felt like the Henrik Lundqvist class. It was just like, there he is. There's our guy from 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 recently. He's handsome, and he was good at hockey. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like that's uh, kind of how this induction weekend went. But plenty of cool stuff happening there. Um, the Legends game was cool, or the the Legends Classic, I should say, was cool. I don't know if anybody got a chance to watch that, um, but that was kind of cool. How do you guys feel about the whole Hall of Fame? induction weekend process is it really does it register on your radar at all do you guys even remotely follow it it doesn't register down here but i feel like if you live in like ontario toronto it's like huge um it's not i mean it hasn't been big i mean the only flyer you know it's ken hitchcock and uh, i don't know if really i mean the flyers probably posted stuff on social media mm-hmm. so this hasn't been much uh, but it was cool, you know, talking about Hank because his story is, you know, very unique going from a, what, a fifth-round pick to uh, being the quote-unquote king of New York. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it's crazy. And Not only uh, that, but, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure he's the most decorated goalie from um, Sweden. Yeah, more, more than likely. Um I think it was cool. Uh, you get to learn about stuff you didn't really know about him. Uh, I didn't know that. I knew he had a twin brother, which I can relate to because I, I have a twin brother. Um, but, like, the fact that they won, uh, I think, a world championship with on the same team together, mm-hmm. which sounds cool as hell. But also uh, just knowing the fact that, like, how intense he was and, like, how much he, like, kind of like hinted like how much of a chill guy he was off the ice but on the ice he was just madly intense and like was could freak out at any moment mm-hmm. to hear some like stories about him like like kicking uh kicking a, a soda machine or and just getting a skate stuck in the, a soda machine because he's fucking pissed off well, I mean, famously, he is the guy that turned around and, and just completely knocked the net over because uh, he wasn't getting the the timeout call. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, uh, Coach Tortorella uh, for the Flyers, you know, had a had Hank when he was in New York for a good long time. Probably had him in the peak of his career. I mean, won the Vez won the Vesna as as a New York Ranger with John Tortorella as coach. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, hinted at the same thing. You know, his preparation was second to none. He was quite intense, which made him kind of get along with each other because at the time, John Tortorella was intense as fucking shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, it was kind of a, you know, cool uh, 
you know, it's cool story times you get with this weekend. And, um, you know, everyone else had cool stories too. Um, but, you know, the man of the hour was Hank and definitely, uh, definitely deserving of being a first ballot wait less than like three years after he's eligible. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the thing that's that's crazy about Henrik Lundqvist, at least you know, kind of looking at his stats uh, for for his career, is the fact that he had all of these extracurriculars and all of these great numbers, and still a Stanley Cup eluded him. That's just that really goes to show it's a team sport. You know, you can you can be as pr- pretty much the best at what you do for your entire career and still not get one. Um, yeah. But uh, what about you, Adam? Does the Hockey Hall of Fame, you know, tickle your fancy at all? Register on your radar? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I've always been a big fan of Hall of Fames in general. Um, before I was a hockey nerd and I was more a wrestling nerd, one of my favorite times of the year was the WWE Hall of Fame and seeing all the, the legends that got into that and hearing their speeches and everything. I don't do the same thing with the Hockey Hall of Fame, unfortunately. It doesn't pique me that much to go out and hunt it down and figure out where it's at. But it is always cool to see the the greats that end up making it in and then hearing all the conversations of maybe, oh, maybe this guy should have gone in instead of so-and-so or making your Hall of Fame predictions for the following year's class. All that stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make one correction, though, Fish, Hank wasn't drafted in the fifth. He was drafted in the seventh. Seventh, that was Ooh, right. Yeah, seventh round. I was like, I said, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's either fifth or seventh. Is seventh that is two hundred and fifth overall? Is that Matt getting a draft round incorrect? Is that? Oh my! Has that ever been recorded on the podcast? Have we ever had this? Whoa! This is big. This is big. Holy! This is shit. I mean, this is Holy new information shit. for everybody. I didn't even know this was possible. Anything's possible now. Flies going to win the Stanley Cup. We <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. Come on now. Anything is possible. Have you seen the uh, Key and Peel sketch where it's it's kind of mocking that where the where he's like wins the championship, or whatever he goes. Anything is possible. Young kids, ages eight to twelve, you can fly. Go on your parents' roof. You can do it if you believe. As <laughs> like, the next morning, he goes. My statements were inaccurate, and <laughs> I apologize for misleading. Oh, it's... <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that means they principle. But yeah, that that's uh, that's crazy. First of all, that that Matt got that incorrect because usually when it comes to drafts, he's pretty much a thesaurus. Uh, so that that's marked down. Uh, the the hockey hall of fame. Stuff That's doesn't fine. really register for me too much. Uh, it's never really, never really gotten me all all jazzed up. I mean, it probably would if you know there was more reason for Flyers players to be in the Hall of Fame. I feel uh, like the last one that the Flyer, Flyers were like, yeah, like gotta see what he says was probably either Pronger or Forsberg. I'd say probably Pronger for me. Pronger was mo- most recent. Yeah, but uh, Pronger, Forsberg, yeah, and then uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there was you know probably a coach or two, but like mainly just Pronger, Forsberg was the last most recent Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, probably the one that I'll really lock into next is whenever Claude Drew winds up in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer either, so that's probably gonna take a smidge. Um. I do think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, though. That's just me. Um, but to keep moving forward here, uh, for the current NHL, looking like there's uh, there's conversation going on at the GM meetings of uh, a possible overtime rule change. Now, they were discussing... Um, I have a couple of quotes here. This one is from um, Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong. Ooh, Bill Armstrong, sorry. He said, quote, there's two sides to look at, and I can fight on both sides. One is that it creates more offense, and the other one, well, you don't attack enough. But when you do attack, you do attack with speed. You can play both sides of the argument. He's kind of talking about the way that um, 
line changes work and how the the flow of the game functions when a team is in the offensive zone can't really seem to get a shot off the three of them have been on for a little while so they backtrack into the neutral zone back into their zone two guys go off they make a pass get that third guy off and then they're fresh and ready to go uh according to uh who is this um who is this who's this campbell fella um No, Colin Campbell, the NHL senior Uh, executive vice president of hockey operations. He says, quote, we don't want to stop play. We don't want to have face-offs. Unintended circumstances are always considered with these things. So they're kind of looking at it like they don't want play to stop in a three-on-three. They want to be continuous. They don't want there to be any sort of situation where a team is not trying to attack. The only problem is, is that's just not going to ever happen. You know what I mean? Like, Teams are going to want to strategize and have some sort of plan on how they're going to most effectively score a goal to win the game. It's not like, well, whenever you have the puck, you just full bore and you go for that shot, no matter if it's a good shot, whether or not you have a pass, et cetera, et cetera. That's just never going to happen, right? So what, what would, if you guys had the ability to decide, what would be your major rule change for overtime to make it better? You got either you go. It's easy. All you have to do is just add five more minutes to overtime, and eighty mm-hmm. percent of the games that go to overtime will be decided in those five minutes. Yeah, it's, it just happens. Whether a team gets tired and then a two on O gets like something's going to break structurally and people will get chances mm-hmm. in that bi- file final five minutes right game will be decided it'll basically wipe out the shootout forever yeah. basically. i and I look so i hope I, so. <laughs> I hate the shootout i think it's the dumbest thing in sports myself um can I hear, can I hear there are other dumber why? things in sports no doubt about it there's other dumber things but a shootout is just it's close like, it's close. It is, it's close enough. It's close. It's close. I, I'm genuinely asking, why? Why is it I'm, I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It takes the team game out of it entirely. Hockey's supposed to be a team sport. You can't you can't win or lose based off of uh, a talent so, contest. So then my question is, do you feel the same way about the penalty shooting? Yes. Or the penalty shot? Yeah. A penalty, a penalty shot is what is earned from the play of the game. I, yeah, I guess there's a difference a, when it comes there. Yeah, it's a penalty to the extreme factor that a person had a grade A opportunity that was impeded by a penalty, so they get a chance to score one on one. Now here's here's a wrinkle that I could it's get different. down it's with. Very different for for penalty for the penalty shots. A wrinkle I could get down with is one v one. So. Or, Ch- or chase? No, 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 no. not 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 chase. You have a goaltender, and it's one v one. You get to if you're the defending team, it has to be the person that committed the penalty. Um, they you have to the, stay. You put the 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 penalized in net instead of the goalie. That's what. You're no, saying? no, 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 no. The goalie's in there. There's a okay. goalie, and it's one on one. Okay. So, what you do is you you kind of so they're enclosed into that part of the zone, right? They're in that zone. Blue line to the boards. The offensive player starts with the puck, and then it's a one-on-one battle, and then they try to score. You know what I mean? No. A little bit of a wrinkle. I would, no? I would like that. I would like that if the person got the penalty shot, but the person ha- was chasing the guy down. Oh, like a little do chase down action, huh? Down. Okay, like they do in practice, yeah, training camp. A little chase down. That would be fucking sweet. That'd be cool. I'd be down with That'd that. That'd be sweet. I think we could add some wrinkles into the penalty shot. Either way, the, I do think that the uh, the shootout is is completely stupid and I hate it. But um, I, I disagree. But well, and I mean. and look, that's good. At least somebody enjoys the shootouts because um, you know it it is supposed to be entertaining. You know, I get that. But I'm more of the along the lines of hockey's a team sport, and I think it's. I don't think it's right to have a game be decided by a talent contest. However, then you get really funny moments like Brad Marchand skating past the puck. You know, and, that, and, that game? Oh, and, that, that yeah. game. That's awesome. As, Could you as, not argue that no. the team failed at being a team to score to prevent the shootout? 
so it's on the team. No, the because you could also ball. argue the other team was really good at just keeping the puck out of their net. You could argue it that way as well. But then the game shouldn't have gotten to the shootout. If the other team was good enough to keep the puck out of their net, it shouldn't be tied. There have been 0-0 shootouts before. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give, give you like that. the 13th round. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it happens. But uh, so so well, you would just change adding time, Matt. You just add, add five minutes. I would okay. add five more minutes. You decide 80% of the games that go over time. See, I can Please. get on board with that. I can 100% get on board with that. Uh, Adam, what about you? What changes would you make to overtime to make it more fun? For, I've enjoyed it for the most part. There's only been, I think, one overtime. I was like, all right, this is getting ridiculous. I can't remember the two teams. I almost want to say it was the Islanders. Um, but I remember consistently watching the team, the team with the puck just skate around not even really enter the offensive zone. I, I really don't even think they exited the neutral zone the entire time they had the puck. They were just looking for an open lane to do something. And the uh, it might have been Vegas and somebody else. I can't remember who, but whatever they were looking for, they never got. So it's just a constant, like, we're just going to keep skating the puck back until something opens up. And then eventually something opened up. But I would open it up to almost like an NBA backcourt. Violation. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. You're either you enter the neutral zone and you're not allowed to retreat back into your own zone or you have to get the puck into once you get into the offensive zone, you can't retreat into the neutral zone. You have to mm-hmm. stay in. You cannot you cannot take the puck into the neutral zone on purpose. Yeah. yeah. The only I, the only issue I can see with that is there's not enough open ice to create anything. If you keep it limited to the offensive zone, but that's just me. Plus, then you have to worry about the the changes and everything. So I could see the neutral zone being the the last line, basically that you can enter. Yeah. Um, I would say so. I would say once you enter the neutral zone from your defensive zone, you cannot retreat back to your defensive zone. Um, and if you do. Play continues, but you have to let go of the puck, and the next, the next play yours to touch the puck has to be the other team. So, say for example, Ivan Provorov, because I I just hate him. He's being a, a complete fucking buffoon as usual, and skates backwards into his defensive zone. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's got now he's got to let go of the puck, and he's got to back up because someone from the other team sees that happen. Picks up a head of steam and is going to pick up that puck and just barrel into the zone. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be a hard thing to police. Sure, sure. But it's in theory. Sounds cool. I would do it one of two ways. I would either treat it like an offside, so whistle gets blown if you go over your line and then you do the face-off in the proper zone, Mm -hmm. or it's a delay of game. Okay. Okay. I can get down with that. I can get down with that. Uh, I mean, the easier way to go about it is just Matt's idea. That makes a lot oh, more. Oh, yes, absolutely. A whole lot of sense to me. Just add those five minutes. But if we're looking for a little bit of fun, but yeah, see, mix it up a smidge. The issue with adding just the five minutes and not preventing a team from basically just waiting for an open lane is now you've got 10 minutes of a team just skating with the puck doing nothing. The right. Hurricanes did that a couple of games ago that they were in overtime and they were basically in the offensive zone, like looking like the Harlem Globe Trotters. Then all of a I sudden, mean, one of the guys skating in circles goes right for the corner and, that, and he just fires a pass right so on a stick. And if you're in the in. in the offensive zone, I don't care. It's when you're in your own zone at the complete opposite end of the ice, just waiting for something to open up between your zone and the neutral zone. That's when you've got a slog and it's like what right. am i watching yeah that's when you have to either do like we we were just talking about the the backcourt violation um or implement some other rule where it's like the puck has to leave your zone within like x amount of seconds otherwise yeah. it's a delay of game um but i do agree i think just adding the the extra five minutes would solve a lot of other people's problems not mine as right. far as overtime goes. 
But yeah, uh, and you still have to solve the stop and wait issue. Yeah, which is I think what the bigger issue is with teams and management at this point. Yeah, I think I think the what they obviously what they want is they want the intense back and forth, open ice, nice passes, deeks, et cetera, et cetera. The the really exciting stuff is what they want. I get that at its core, but like I said, it's kind of hard to stop teams from trying to form strategies to to win games more effectively. So, like for example, what what Matt was bringing up about the Canes, if they know that if they just hold on to the puck and wait and wait and wait and almost lull the other team to sleep if they can get a clean in and a crisp pass and and win at an efficient rate they're going to keep doing that because that's you want the wins you want both points you know what i mean it's so, like the brotherly shove sounds like yeah, i'm playing yeah shove. it's like it's like the brotherly shove is it is it fun is it is it cool is it the big pass with a nice one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone no it goes for two three yards is it effective yeah it is, you know, it's, solid, it's a solid play. So, you know, that's just, that's just at the, the heart of professional sports though, is it, it's going to work that way where it's just the most effective way that team is going to win a game is what they're going to do. You know, it was Islanders hockey under, um, uh, it was like two years, like two years ago for like the Islander. Who was their coach? Crap. Barry Trotz. Yes. Barry Trotz. Was Barry Trotz hockey fun to watch? Absolutely not. Did it win? It did. It did. It won games. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of the heart uh, that or at the heart of professional sports. But I'm interested to see what could happen to overtime rules. See if they try to open it up a bit more. Um, to keep on keeping on here, Bo Horvat making his return to Vancouver after getting traded late last year to the Islanders. After uh, And once he got onto the island, he... He said, quote, it's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. That is what the man said last season. Um, wild, wild statement out of Bo Horvat. Just, I, I completely forgot he said that, which is fucking hysterical, by the way. Uh, Especially for how things have turned Oh, my out. God. Yeah, when he goes, I'll tell you that for free. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, especially with how both teams are performing so far this year, with the Islanders struggling and the Vancouver Canucks being the hottest team in Canada right now. I that's see, very funny. Teams in the league, dude. They're, yeah, they're a great team in the league, dude. So he was obviously asked about what he's expecting when he returns to Vancouver. He said this quote: "I have no idea, to be honest with you. I think some of the fans were pretty upset, obviously, with what I said last year. The fans took it more personal than I wanted to uh, than I wanted them to take it. Obviously, okay." Either you're dumb or you just were given a statement from the PR team in hopes that and hoping that it sticks. Because no no way are you stupid enough to think that saying that wasn't gonna get a Canadian hockey market fired up. Look, I know it's Vancouver, it's not like the greatest hockey market of all time, especially if you're gonna compare it to the rest of Canada, but still a Canadian good, hockey dude. market. Okay. Good. And I the know. Fact that he, the fact that he said it, it's like it's more fun in Long Island than in Vancouver. In a Canadian I mean, I city? Just, oh. I mean, I haven't been to either. I've been to New York a couple of times, but I haven't been to Long Island. I certainly haven't been to Vancouver. And just kind of looking through the overshot of the cities, I mean, Vancouver looks a whole lot more fun than freaking Long Island. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I could I completely disagree. Long I, I mean, Vancouver looks like an actual fun fun city. <laughs> Long Island isn't even a city. Yeah, I, and not only that, but when you really you know take a look at it, you got to think there's there's no way that most fan bases in the league would just take that rolling over. The only ones that I can really consider wouldn't really care is Arizona. And that's, that's um, about it. You know, if somebody said that from Arizona, the fans would be like, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's very like fair. <laughs> Dallas, like, like Dallas is passionate, but if someone's being like, I ain't have a great time at Dallas, they wouldn't really care. No, and because cool. I think, I think you're taking it as like, he's saying that the city itself Oh. Is better. I I think the way that it sounded to me, I think the way he intended is the team atmosphere and the fan base is better. In New that's York. fair. That's fair. Which 
again, is fair. They have a, they have really intense fans in Long Island. Islanders fans take their hockey seriously, which I respect, right? And Vancouver fans famously don't care that much. That's that's a, that's a that's a, that's a apparently like a, apparently a couple of years ago, people compared to going to a uh, Vancouver Canucks home game like going to church. It was just dead silent in there, and no one really cared. So. But still, that doesn't mean that a a professional team is not going to have a bunch of psychotic fan base uh, fans in their in their fan base who obviously are going to take some issue with what was said. That's you know that's just going to happen here. Um, to uh, to continue with his quote, he says, "quote Obviously, it wasn't directed at them. You know, okay. Um, was just more upset with how everything went down last year. Obviously, I couldn't be happier to be here." Excuse me, but just the way everything went down beforehand with all the media stuff and how myself and my family were treated, it definitely stung a little bit. Something I didn't forget. Okay. Yeah. See, he's he's just running in a circle basically here. How do you I'm the so just to get to the point then, how do you guys think that Bo Horvat is going to be received in Vancouver? Oh, he'll get booed, man. He's gonna get the he's shit booed out. The thing um, about it is he stunk there. He was he ass. Stunk there. He stunk there. He was captain. Got traded and said, "Boy, the place I'm getting to trade to is a lot better than where I came from." Mm-hmm. As you were the captain of that team. Yeah. Like, what do you, you think they're gonna give you a true standing ovation? Hell no. Especially how the Vancouver Canucks have been playing this season. They're basically gonna boo you even more because now you're pretty much they pretty much shown that you were part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they're gonna he's gonna get he's gonna he's, get every time gone. he touches his pocket, he's gonna get beat. Yeah, um, Adam, what about you? What do you think? He's definitely getting booed, uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's gonna be like John Tavares level of boo when uh he left the island for Toronto, it's gonna be that level for. For Horvat, I don't know if I agree with Fish's comment about Horvat being bad for the Canucks. He put they up points there. over there, yeah, but I don't think that's his fault. It could maybe not, but you know, as the captain, you know, especially when your reaction to things going poorly is to just make a big fuss like a child, it's not a great look. You know what I mean? Oh no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that, but I don't. I don't think he was the problem. For Vancouver, I mean, clearly he wasn't the problem last season, right? Right. Um, but still, there, it, it's a no bad question. look. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a really a bad, bad look, look. No matter what, former I'm captain saying that. that stuff. That's that's a real bad look. Um, yeah, I 100 percent agree. I think he's getting booed. Uh, do you guys think that the team's going to make an attempt at a tribute video? They have. They probably will. Yeah, they will. They will. They. they I don't. I they will say they have to. You do you think? Do you think they'll play it by ear? Do they'll play it by ear? So the game will start. No. They'll see how many boos he gets, and they'll be like, maybe we don't. No, you play well, it. You play it, and you let the crowd react how they want to react. You, as a organization, need to show respect to the person you name captain. Yeah, but because- is it showing him respect to offer up more booing to him? You know what I mean. That's up I mean, to the fans, dude. It's up to the organization to show that respect. And that could also be the team, like just jabbing at him. More, yeah, like a hundred percent. You made this comment. Now, now we're gonna play this video, knowing you're gonna get booed louder yeah. that yeah. we're playing this the video. Sixers, so just the Sixers did do a, a tribute video to Ben Simmons his first game back, and that did happen. But that went about as well as you could expect. And I think that that might be the same kind of reception that Bo Horvat gets in Vancouver, to be honest with you. I also feel like, though, there are going to be people that don't care what he said. They might even agree with what he said to some degree and probably cheer him. It's not going to be overwhelming that you're going to hear a cheer tonight during the game. Right. Yesterday when people are listening to the pod. But I think there's going to be a few people that are going to at least, you know, give them his flowers. Sure. And that, that could happen. I feel like that could happen with any returning player, especially somebody that was drafted by a team, played with them for a while, wound up being the captain, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, definitely going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think we all agree. He's going to get booed. It just depends on how much he's going to get booed. I think Um, to keep on keeping on here, another disgruntled player in a Canadian market as Nikita Zadorov, some uh, reports surfaced over the weekend that the Calgary flames, um, 
uh, defenseman is looking to welcome a change of scenery. Um, and I, I understand why, especially with, you know, where the flames are right now, four, eight and two and Zadora has been relegated to the third line, averaging about 18 minutes of ice time per game. Uh, he said when he was asked about, it, he said, "quote I would love to be a Calgary Flame for my whole life, but the business side sometimes stuff happens." Uh, so he did not deny the reports that he's looking for a change of scenery. Um, definitely, a, a whole lot can be can be unpacked here. So Nikita Zadorov is not a groundbreaking defenseman, but definitely somebody that's solid. You could say um, you could say he he's in your you know second line pairing probably for for a, a good team and your third line pairing for a contender. Um, you know, and I really think if we're looking at teams that should, should go after him, I'm looking directly at the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers. Looking at them, staring at them both in the eyes. Because we're two teams that need defense more than anybody else. And, you know, maybe, maybe not the, the Maple Leafs right now, but just historically speaking, it's the Leafs and the Oilers, you know. Um, I can think of a couple of other different teams that you know might might fit him uh, fit him pretty well. Uh, I I don't know why. I kind of like the what the fit would look like in in um in Seattle. Maybe I don't know. Just a, like a real good change of scenery there. Um, but what are you guys thinking for for Nikita Zadorov, who by the way uh, scored a four uh, fourteen goal season last year, his career high. Uh, he's also capable of pitching in offensively and taking on some power play minutes. What do you guys think of the uh, the defenseman out of Calgary? I think he's good. He's going to get a lot of teams calling to see what they can they could steal for the man. I I, I get where you get Edmonton and Toronto, but I'm looking at two different teams. Oh, okay. And, uh, we got. I'm looking at Colorado, and I'm looking at. The team that's hot right now, and that's Washington. Um, it's hot right, now. right. So, so I look at Colorado as a team that's underachieving right now. The uh, the offense is okay. I mean, they're plus goal, plus four goal differentials, so they're on the plus side. But you know, a lot of the reason they're only plus four is because they're also been letting in goals. So mm-hmm. I think that would be a good fit. Plus, you know. He won't be a big cap hit. Uh, you, you got enough to make a move to get him. And Washington, uh, they're a veteran team. They're hot right now. Their defense was struggling at the beginning of the year, and even though they have gotten hot, they're probably still going to let up a good amount of offense throughout the rest of the year, even if their offense themselves stay relatively on the hot end. Mm. Um, so I think Colorado and Washington, and plus, you know, they're, they're both in the playoff mix. You know, he's de- definitely going to want to get traded to a guy, a team that's going to make the playoffs, not well, maybe make the playoffs. The only problem with Nikita Zadorov right now is if he's locking third-line defense minutes right now, I'm not quite what, sure... That fits well with Washington, man. I mean, it does, but I'm not sure if like a real intense contender is going to want a guy like that. I think a, a team that could contend might want a guy like that, but I'm not sure like a serious contender is looking at Nikita Zadorov right now and being like, "That's a guy that I want." You know what I mean? Um, but Adam, what about you? What are you What are you thinking for for uh, <laughs> I guess uh, Big Z for what for what it is? Big not Z. not, not Char, obviously, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. The the next gen, yeah, sure, yep, whatever you say. No big, way, big Z, no way, zero <laughs> chance. What do you think? Um, I'm thinking Toronto really wants them. If the quotes I've been hearing are of any indication, I don't know if you boys heard what was coming off the ice when Toronto played Calgary fairly recently. No, um, what happened? The report is that a unnamed player on the Toronto side skated over to Big Z 2.0 and said, uh, you're exactly what we need. Ooh, that's exciting, huh? Uh, so Is yeah. the player undisclosed, he said? Yeah, they, as far as I know, they haven't. The, the name of said player hasn't come out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, a, a player on the Toronto set, skated up to 
Zadorov and said, you're exactly what we need. Mid-game. <laughs> How about that? So I feel like Toronto's really going to want him. I, I can understand why uh, the John Klingberg experiment hasn't sounded like it's worked out very well. Um, yeah, and they no. just need help. Um, it sounds like Samsonov has kind of woken up a little bit. He's not great. He's not terrible. Uh, Joseph Wall seems to be kind of like the guy right now. Their offense is really kind of starting to wake up now. It's, it's just all defense at this stage. So... I feel like they're they're the front runner. Um, I could see where you're coming at with Edmonton, but I feel like Edmonton just needs to wake up. Right. I think that's the biggest thing they need right now. Hopefully, what we're about to talk about will solidify that. Um, but I can't think of very many other teams that could or would want to go after Zadorov. Because he's not on pace to do what he did last season and hit his offensive right, career highs. Yeah. He's currently a minus five with the Flames, which could just be a product of the Flames being bad. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily put that on him. Um, so I don't know. My my gut is that Toronto is going to be the, the front runner, but I can't think of anybody else outside of them that would really make a a strong push. Other than maybe, if I have to throw a, a dark horse in there, one of the first teams that came to mind when this conversation started, Minnesota. Oh, okay. All right. I can see it. I can they see did, it. They did just trade away um, Addison to San Jose. They picked mm-hmm. up Zach Bogosian. I don't know how well that's worked out. I haven't followed the Wild much this season. But They're I feel great. like Zadora. They're not great at all. Well, yeah. Um, I feel like Zadorov might be a better replacement for an Addison than Bogosian is. Than Zach Bogosian. Um, yeah. I don't know what the cap issues would be for trying to make that work because I know every team is currently cap fucked. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So I mean, at least with Toronto, they've got Klingberg that they could sell off to Calgary to make the money work. But I don't know what any other team would be able to do. But if I had to throw a dark horse, I'm I'm picking Minnesota. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, I'll be interested to see what kind of return Calgary gets uh, if, if Nikita Zadorov does get traded. I'm interested to see the kind of return that they get for him. Um, I feel like their asking price might wind up being larger than for, for what he's actually worth. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what they actually get. But uh, definitely interesting to keep track of as the season goes along here. All right, now we're off to the heavy hitting news from this last week as the Edmonton Oilers could wait no longer. Bye-bye, Jay Woodcroft. And hello, new head coach, Chris Knobloch. Um, the, um, the the dick jokes, by the way. They just keep keep on keeping on now. Woodcroft, Knobloch. You know, I, 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 this just shows how mature hot. hockey fans Come really on. are. Come on. <laughs> what? This shows how mature hockey fans really are. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, come on. <laughs> it's right there for the taking. We're all going to do it. Um, but anyways, yes, Chris Knobloch, famously uh, the junior coach for Connor McDavid. Uh, Connor McDavid also has uh, his, his agent in the front office now or his former agents in the front office in, in Edmonton. Like Basically, that. it's just Connor McDavid's team at this point. It's the Connor McDavid Oilers. Um do you guys think they made the right choice here by firing the head coach? Uh, you know, I guess it's the obvious one. Um, but I feel like just the team that's put together here isn't that good. I mean, yes, I know you have Leon Dreisaitl and Conor McDavid. I get that part. But, like, the rest of it, Sands, Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, Conor McDavid. Sands, those three players. Is this even a good team outside no. of that? No. No, it's not. But that's what happens in sports when, you know, the lineup doesn't produce, when there's quote-unquote expectations, the person that's going to fall, it's not the players that are going to go. That's the, that's till the offseason or trade deadline. Mm-hmm. What's going to go first is the guy who can't even put on pads. Yeah. So um, was it the right move? Sure. Uh, was it? 
is it gonna work well in their favor? I mean, yeah, they could get hot, but are they good enough to do this do the same blues blues factor and just go on a tear? I personally don't think so. Um it's tough. I mean, it's not tough. Trust me. There's other teams that have been in a lot tougher scenarios. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got the two best player in the world and a player who's quote unquote top five player in the world mm-hmm. on that team. Um, and uh, they've underperformed. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, it's like you, you're just expecting Connor McDavid to like continue to put up like 120, 140 points. Like, I don't think they really put in the fact that it's like, hey, man, he could struggle too. Mm-hmm. Like, he can be human. Yeah. And uh, he's been as human as human could get. And um, he's got as many goals as Scott Law. I mean, it's, I think he scored, so he's probably over Scott. But he's got the same many goals as Scott Lawton. Yeah, like, oh, that's and that is an insult, by the way. Right. Yeah, I lost. I lost as a good player, but you know he he's not a numbers producer. You know. Yeah, so. and, and I kind of agree with you. Where like, is it the right choice? I guess it has to be because he's going to be the only one that could uh, get canned to make some sort of change here. Uh, this is a statement from um, Ken Holland, the Oilers general manager, said, uh, "Quote: We weren't playing good enough. Yeah, no shit, Ken." Uh, I think there's lots of runway left with this change to try to make a surge here and try to play our way back into the mix. I don't think the players tuned Woodcroft out. I think he just lost them, but I couldn't wait around another 10 to 15 games to find out. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, However, the whole losing the locker room players tuned him out thing just feels interchangeable to me. No matter which way you slice it, it, it happened. But when did that quote come out? This article was from three days ago. When did the Oilers last play? Played last fairly night. recently. Say, I believe they played last night. Yeah. And so, yeah. Funny story. Connor McDavid was asked if Woodcroft lost the room, and he answered no. Yeah. So. What is the yeah, GM saying? At the for, end of the I mean, day, for, yeah, you, if you're a player, especially the captain, that's not really not, something you can say. Yeah, you can't be like, he totally did. Like, Yeah, especially I mean, if you respect the man. Right, yeah. like, I mean, look, bring an example. When uh, Flyers fired Elaine Vigneault, all the players were like, we we're shocked and sad to see him go. And like, let's. That was as much of a lie as a lie could be told. Like, they did not respect Elaine Vigneault. They wanted him gone. But they're not going to go out on the media and be like, yeah, we we hated that fucker. Fuck that guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe they want want to, sure. Yeah, but it's not professional. No. You got to show professionalism in sports. Yeah, but I feel like you could still answer that question and say yes to it while also being respectful. You can't. I mean, like, I feel, in my opinion, too, there's definitely ways to, I'm sure. It would be like, you could say something to the fact the team just wasn't clicking and it's unfortunate and, and so on and so forth. I'm not trained to, to answer a question like that, so I can't properly articulate how you would do it. But I feel like for McDavid to outright say he didn't lose the room. Yeah, I mean, guys, guys, I need to jump in. This is Connor McDavid's fifth coach. Yeah. Fifth coach. Where's where have we heard that one before, Bing? Mr. Claude Claude Giroux. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's really this. I mean, I get it. McDavid's a lot, quote unquote, better skilled than G what is. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like you look at the list of coaches. I mean, Todd McClellan's doing great in LA. Ken Hitchcock. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other coaches is with uh, Winnipeg. He's doing a fine job there. He's They've had good coaches. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I hope that this doesn't go the way of, of Claude Giroux because holy painful existence in Edmonton. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's true. I and I don't I don't think it's him. But after a while, you gotta start wondering what's kind of going on there. You know, now we have his junior coach in there, his former agents in the front office now. Former assistant coach, other former assistant coach. Yeah. Um, It's just, you know, it's one of those things where you start wondering is maybe Connor McDavid the issue? I don't think that is the issue. I think that I was going to say, did did anyone say the same thing about Ovi when Ovi wasn't winning in Washington? Yeah. A lot of people said, were they? Yeah. A lot of people said the same thing. Um, Well, when you have a generational talent not winning, and you have an array of coaches just, coming through. Not just not winning. Right now, they are third to Active, last place. Actively losing, I should say. Not yet. Right, not just like, not, who, not in winning. the bottom yeah. of the league. In the yeah. bottom of the league. Best player in the world's in the bottom of the league. Right now. Yeah, you, the people start asking questions, you know. And one of the big questions is: Is that player the problem? Um, I don't think so. Personally, I think it's a situation where Ken Holland has just not put together a good team around. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and I think that that's the bigger issue here than than Connor McDavid. But time will tell. However, the Oilers have a new head coach in Chris Knobloch, and we'll see uh, how they respond. They gotten they've gotten a win with them already, so we'll see how it continues. There is definitely enough time for them to find themselves back in the playoff hunt uh, for sure. So I think the timing on this was correct. It's just said maybe it wasn't the right call. Who knows? I think I. Just before we move away from it, something sure. I did want to note: Elliot Friedman doesn't even think that this was the move the Oilers wanted to make. It was the move they had to because it was the only move they could. Right. Um, it sounded like they were early on before the firing. I think even before the loss in loss in San Jose, there was a, a report that Edmonton was actively trying to make a goalie move, and it just didn't come about. I think the asking price was too high and the money didn't work and this, that, the other thing. So they I had mean, to pivot. All reports of that were pointing at Carter Hart um, being the one that they were going after. Um, and I do believe the asking price they considered was too high because I think the Flyers asking price for Carter Hart is at a at a maximum and it's either you meet their number or we're not getting or they're not getting rid of Carter Hart basically. So uh, well, don't don't tell Edmonton what I got for Carter Hart in NHL twenty four. What did you did you rob did you rob the Flyers? Uh, how does Samuel Montembeau, Travis Hamnick, a third and a fifth for Carter Hart, a prospect, a fourth and a third sound? Awful. <laughs> yeah, well that sounds terrible. That's the trade. And oh, one that was one that was even funnier. Carter Hart was playing in Lehigh Valley when I made that trade. Fuck's going on? And, uh, I don't know. Welcome to Chell. Yeah, the Chell Chell's a wild place. Um, all right, but to keep on keeping on here, uh, some trouble and some solution possibly Ooh. in Buffalo, New York. Uh, as unfortunately, Tage Thompson is out indefinitely for the Buffalo Sabers as he uh, suffered an upper body injury in their five-two loss to the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. Uh, apparently, he's going to be missing a significant amount of time, according to head coach Don Granado. Here, quote, Tage is going to miss some time here, probably significant time, unfortunately. He fought through the first injury but couldn't fight through the second one. Credit to him to battle, but it's unfortunate. He has 12 points in 16 games uh, this season, and last season he led the Sabres with an NHL career high, 47 goals and 94 points, almost a 100-point player last year. Uh, definitely one of the... Best players in Buffalo, one of their hottest talents, one of the kids that's exciting to watch out of that team. Sabres currently at 7-8-1 and one, and now down their top center. Um, and they'll be counting on Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestad to help fill the void. Uh, definitely a huge hit in, in Buffalo land where they're kind of middling right now. They're still a competitive team, but they're not really in the, in the, at the part of the standings that they want to be at. There's a possible solution that I think we've talked about before. Somebody who's, you know, played center before and, you know, won a couple Stanley Cups and, you know, Connor McDavid. Oh, wait. Yep. Yep. You nailed it. You know, there it is. (laughs) Connor McDavid to Buffalo. Um, No, but uh, Patty Kane is uh, is starting to reemerge in conversations here, especially around the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, he's a hometown kid, uh, born and raised in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. 
And uh, it, I mean, the rumors to him going to Buffalo were happening before the season began. Um, happened before he left Chicago. Well, yeah, it would happen before he left Chicago, before he signed with New York last year. Um, right now, he is a free agent. And as of yesterday, the Rangers have pretty much said they are completely out on Patrick Kane. So there's no chance of him returning there. I don't see the harm in in Buffalo going after Patrick Kane, especially after losing Tate Thompson. What do you guys think? Well, it doesn't cover the fact that I'm pretty sure Kane's never played center. I think he's I thought he did play guy. center for some time. No, I'm pretty a little sure bit? he's just no? a winger. Hey, I'm pretty Patrick sure he's just a right winger. Kane played um, center. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't. Uh, but oh, Patrick Kane, born November 19th. Happy birthday. Uh, 1988, Buffalo, New York, is an NHL ice hockey right winger slash center for the Ah. Chicago Blackhawks. Ah. (laughs) There it is. Wikipedia.com. He did play. Okay, so he did play center in like 2012. So that counts. That counts. There was time. That counts. He's he's got face off stats that we can ridicule for being a bad book center, but it's fine. So he has played center. Now, will he probably play center if he does sign with Buffalo? Absolutely not. But nonetheless, he still has offensive talent. He still has the ability to score. And you're down Tage Thompson. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes yeah, sense it to me. Definitely, it definitely would cover the production factor. Make sure my microphone's right here because I was messing with my headphones. Um, it does cover the production factor, but I don't – Buffalo's problem is more goaltending and defense. Right. They play too much of a, they don't play too much of a structured game. And yeah, you know, you know, Patrick Kane kind of would fill the void that Tage Thompson's leaving out. Outscore your problems. (laughs) You can't outscore your problems when you're facing teams like the Boston Bruins and, uh, you know, who else? I guess you can do do it with Detroit, but a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference play a good structured game, and it's you can't just outscore them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my opinion, I don't think it's a great fit. I think Buffalo should just be patient with it. Maybe accept the fact that they're probably going to hit year thirteen and make the missing the playoffs. And just go back to the drawing board and continue to trust the core you have. So you're saying you don't go after Patrick Kane. Don't huh? go after Patrick Kane. Yeah. Oh, don't go after Patrick Okay. You're not in position to screw up the next 10 years for a player that won't push the needle for you. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Adam, what about you? I mean, we have we have we have Matt here saying do not do it. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. I don't. If I'm Buffalo, I don't see why you'd not take a swing at it. If I'm Patrick Kane, I don't know if I go there. Um, it comes down to where he thinks he's at in his career, and if he wants to chase another cup. Right. If he wants to chase another cup, then I agree with Fish. I don't think he should take Buffalo. I don't think Buffalo's ready just yet. Um. But from a hometown perspective, I could see it. If he's not looking to chase cups, he just wants to play. And if he makes the playoffs and wins the cup, Buffalo, great. If not, he at least got to retire with his hometown team kind of thing. Right. Um. Maybe. A report that I did see that I completely forgot there was a connection with was the Detroit Red Wings are supposedly in on Patrick Kane. And ah. who do they have? Uh, a little bit of a uh, Alex DeBrincat. Indeed, somebody Patty Kane enjoyed playing with. So we'll see. I hmm. mean, the the Blackhawk connection didn't work. I don't think too well in New York with him and Panarin. Right. Um, but I don't know how close they were in Chicago. Like DeBrincat and Kane seemed to be. I feel like they were a little bit closer and had a little bit more chemistry than Kane and Breadman. And I think um, the I think the Red Wings are in more of a spot to acquire somebody like that for, yeah, for a run at it. You know what I mean? Now I I kind of agree with both of you. I'm not entirely sold that it's a great idea for Buffalo, but also I don't see why not in a way. But I also agree with Adam where it's a situation where is Patty Kane looking to compete for a couple of years still, or is he just looking to kick the tires one more time? You know what I mean? So yeah, kind of that kinda, depending on where he is changes the situation a lot. 
Um, the Detroit Red Wings factor, that's that's interesting. I didn't really even think of that, but that is definitely a potential landing spot. Do you think if uh, by, you know, the you know late season acquisition time, the Buffalo Sabres are in it and they're maybe even competing for one of those top three seeds, but they're in a wild card, do you think they go after it if Patrick Kane still doesn't have somewhere to go? I'd be shocked if Kane doesn't have somewhere to go by that time. Right. Uh, it sounds like he's in talks as we, we speak. With a couple of teams, um, yeah. So I, I feel like it's inevitable that he's going to get signed mm-hmm. before that point. Um, whether or not the team he signs with, so for argument's sake, let's say Kane does sign with Detroit, we'll say. And right. Detroit completely falls off a cliff and Buffalo rebounds. I could see a situation where maybe they try and make a trade with Detroit. Um, to to acquire Patrick Kane, but I don't know if he'll necessarily get signed that late. I I, I don't think that's going to be an option for Buffalo come like trade deadline, All Star weekend, that kind of landscape. I just don't think Kane will be available. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Um, so so without I, I guess the you know Adams is, is going to say Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Matt, what about you? What do you? What landing spot do you think? If not Buffalo, where do you think Patty Kane winds up? I do like Detroit. I think he'd be a good mix. That would be cool, be right? That would be a cool spot. Right. I do um, have a a one B after Bing makes his prediction. So Vegas. I no. Think. Ah. I think they can make this team could make some clean way and add a guy like him and make a push, and that's. Florida Panthers. Ooh, I think okay. Make, make some moves. You know, keep Ryan Hart. Obviously, keep like your main core. Uh, but you know, put them on a line with uh, yo. I guess Matthew him and Matthew Kachuk play the same position, so I can't really say that. But I, I just think they're a team that's kind of got a good mix of youth and veterans, along with you know their D. Core, which is mainly veterans, and I think they're you know they got the taste winning the Prince of Wales Trophy, going to the Stanley Cup Finals, only only won one game, right? Only won yeah. one game. Uh, so I think they're they're hungry for more, and uh, I think Kane's hungry for more to kind of prove that uh, the that Rangers stint was a fluke uh, mm-hmm. in a Santa circumstance rather than just a guy who doesn't have any more. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much on board with this Detroit idea. I think that that that's just a, a great fit that I didn't even think of. So I think that that's a really good spot for him to wind up. I also think Vegas is going to be in there just because they're them. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't think they mess with what they got. I feel like they're, sure, they're not but... that stupid. Mm, mm, but they are but they are um no i'm pretty i'm pretty much in on this whole detroit thing though that makes a lot of sense to me um what's your one b adam since you said you had one the dallas stars Uh, oh yeah that that was tossed around um about a month ago when we when this was uh being talked about again right dallas was uh, was there i think they still are um that makes sense it would be their their big home run swing at a at a deep cup run. Yeah. Um. See what happens. I do feel like Patrick Kane would kind of look good in Dallas green. I, I think that would be a fit. I think that would be a fit for sure. Um. See a line of like Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, and Patrick Kane. The studs of the mid tens. There they are. <laughs> what? Still winning hockey games while they're at it. Jamie Bench is kind of there, like, yeah, go guys. Woo. He's the, <laughs> he's the, the mascot. Yeah, you know, Jamie Bench, the mascot of the Dallas Stars. Um, all right, guys, unless you have any other uh, hockey news, that'll do it. I want to make the statement. Oh boy. Uh oh. Adam, Adam and Brian have officially pissed off kind of Bedard. That guy <laughs> has broken up and he is on a straight tear and uh if he stays on this tear he's gonna be like top three in goals come two weeks which Man, is scary because he's I was, 18 i was really excited for bobby brink to be better than he than him this year and that uh, <laughs> now you got torts healthy scratch and bobby brink and it's just not 
fun right He's now. Just like watch, watch upstairs. You'll be back in the lineup soon enough. Yeah, yeah, that's so yeah. dumb, and I hate it. Um, either way, um, I'm, yeah, I'm on a stretch of uh, reverse jinxing. Apparently, yeah, you're really good at that, man. You're really good at that. Say, I don't know if I say the Flyers are going to be the worst team in NHL history, please. I feel like I did that already. <laughs> no, yeah, see, did, not enough. We did, did have again. them finishing last in the division. So that's that true. Was... Yeah, that's, that's in writing. That is in writing. I like that. I like that Matt and I were in solidarity that they're just going to be incredibly mid. Um, but all right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, listening week in and week out, especially with hockey season, you know, starting up again, and we're we're getting to talk about some real hockey. It's it's a lot of fun to to know that you guys are still here. So we much appreciate. Go ahead and follow us on our social medias at OTPP Pod on both Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter. Adam, go ahead and plug that Twitch. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. I mentioned Chell before. I've been playing a lot of it. I'm getting more comfortable with how weird this GM mode is. I mean, clearly I made a wild trade for Carter Hart, like I do. Uh, so expect things soon. The holidays are a little fucked for me because Walmart, but we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, stay uh, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, twitch.tv slash on the power play. Uh, keep an eye on the socials. I'll probably put a poll up soon with some teams that I want you guys to vote on and tell me who to who to GM because that worked out. I'm not being sarcastic. That worked out pretty well the last time. Winnipeg uh-huh. Jets, anybody? Yeah. Five, six-time cup champs? Anybody remember those Winnipeg Jets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People's DM's back, baby. All right, Go. folks. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we out.